Welcome to Factor Magri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and growers, industry, the science community, and policymakers to hear their news and views on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. This week on Factor Magri, I have Anna Robinson from the Otago catchment community join me to fill me in on their approach to improving water quality. She joins me now. Hello, Anna. Thank you for your time today. Good to chat with you, Angus. Please, can you tell me a bit about yourself, where you live, and the work that you do? Sure. Um, So, currently, I reside in central Otago. That is home for me, just outside of Alexandra. Um, I am mum to two teenage kids Mm. who... um, definitely keep me on my toes Mm. and um work when I'm not when I'm not at my my real job or well some would not some would call the other but the real job when I'm not Mm. at my paid job I am supporting my family on their small block around the corner uh where we are hay contractors um and grow a bit of grow a bit of fruit as well so we've got some cherries and some apples there but my day job is working for Otago Catchment Community and I work as a coordinator in in and around Otago. Good one. How is the the hay season looking? Um, we have had our first cut just last week and yeah it's pretty good so this first first wee paddock that we normally cut first um, yep. normally get about 60 bales off that and this year we got 90. So nice. yeah, it's yep. the The growth is incredible at the moment. That's good. So tell me a bit about your work with the Otago catchment community and your role there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so um, OCC or Otago catchment community, we um, formed up oh, a little over three years ago officially, um, and that um, came out of discussions between MPI, ORC, Landcare Trust, and some of those farmer representatives from Otago who were sitting in their own catchment groups. And the need was recognised for those catchment groups to get a bit more support mm. um, on the ground, and also recognising that the work that they were doing was re- really valuable in terms of um, helping those communities understand what was coming up and that, you know, changes in the regulatory space um, and just helping helping those farmers primarily, it was farmers um, understanding what they were facing and, and recognising that they weren't facing it alone. Mm. So as a result of that, yeah, OCC was formed. Um, we are funded partly by MPI and partly by regional council. So we've actually got a pretty cool we system there where we are co-funded um, by those two two organisations. Yep. And so then out of that, we've got um, two coordinators. So myself and my colleague, Sam Dixon, who um, is residing in Dunedin and he looks after the coastal Otago area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're, it's a funny one. Otago is a, a big region and takes yeah, a long time to drive around all of it. So when we say coastal, he's inland as well a bit. Yep. But, um, yeah, yeah. The way that we work, we support catchment groups. So we work with groups who are existing and also help groups form up. Um, Mm. So if we've got a a group of people who are interested to know what they've got going on within their catchment, we can help them understand how how to form a group if that's what they need and then 
how to identify what they've got going on. So that's everything from, you know, looking at their surrounding environment and the potential impacts that are happening there through to how are they impacting further downstream as well. So connecting them up to people that are potentially further downstream and understanding, I guess, that that broader picture. But then most importantly, understanding what they can do with that as well. So, um, you know, if that's bringing in some expertise and knowledge from the science arena, then doing that to ensure that the ideas that people have got are actually the right, you know, they are going to have the impact that people are, are looking to um, have, an, you know, I guess mm. have, a, yeah, have an impact with, um, so actions on the ground. Um, and, you know, I guess importantly in there is people feeling confident in what they're doing and feeling, I think, feeling like they're not alone as well. So, mm. you know, that's there's so much that goes on in that space and I mm. could, I could rattle off a number of actions and activities that groups are undertaking at the moment. And I, yeah, I guess, yeah, so, I guess we'll get to that point. Yeah. So what exactly are catchment groups in your mind? <laughs> uh, that's such a, <laughs> that, that question. Um, uh, I think that's a great question to ask. Um, and actually it's a good one, Angus. We had this discussion just a couple of weeks ago with a, um, at a stakeholders day with with a group um, a bit further south from where I live. And I guess, so technically speaking, a catchment group is a group of people who are working or, or are active within their catchment and catchment being their watershed. So, you mm-hmm. know, there's that geographic kind of delineation, I suppose, around what a catchment is. And then catchment group, yeah, simply it's a group of people who are working in and amongst that that catchment. However, I guess the thing that we were talking about the other day, which I find really fascinating, and and when you put people in the mix, it, it changes things around a little bit. And so you've got people who socialize outside of their catchment. Mm. And if they want to turn up to a catchment group, because that's simply where their social their social area lies, who are we to say, no, no, you can't, you can't be here and doing stuff with these guys because that's, you know, you don't live here. But mm. if they're interested and they're engaged, I think that's okay. Um, mm. And then, you know, and then we've got people and there'll be a number of people around the country that are like this where, you know, their farm or their property um, sits in more than one catchment. And so then, you know, how do you, how do you manage that? And so, you know, those people have to make that decision themselves. Is it, is it where, the majority of my land sits or is it actually where I feel more connected to those people and you know I would say nine times out of ten it's that connection to the people in their community that helps them make those decisions. And you've touched on this catchment groups they are active all around the country and I've had many of them on the show over the last three or four years how many are active in Otago and what areas are currently operating and are they localized to specific water bodies or feed out of certain areas of Otago or is it widespread mm, yeah good question well so Otago's probably um Otago's probably got some some I'm going to call them famous famous catchment groups that people probably all around the country will know about you know we've got our poster child the Pomahaka group right. um which was headed up, you know, formed up quite a number of years ago. Um, I actually can't say exactly how many years ago that was, but you know, they were they were early. They were mm. early in that piece of catchment groups. And then, you know, we, yeah. So we've got 
we've got a lot. So we've got, um, just to, to be clear, we've got 25 catchment groups that Otago catchment community support at the moment. Mm. And there's 28 active subgroups that sit under those 25 as well. So we, the, I guess the cool thing with OCC is that, um, we recognise that every catchment group is unique, um, both in the way that they are formed and the way that they are active as well. And so, mm. um, yeah, we've got umbrella organisations who, you know, hold some of those smaller groups sort of sitting, you know, they nestle under them. Um, and then we've got really informal groups who perhaps only come together once or twice a year to um, catch up with one another and, and see how things are tracking and, you know, um then there's others who are meeting every three or four weeks because they're really they've got a lot going on and a lot of activities happening that need to be managed pretty closely so Mm. yeah it's a it's an interesting space in terms of how how many they are how active they are and that geographic spread there's definitely if you looked at a map of otago there's a few gaps where you you would say there aren't active catchment groups but um you know, that's, yeah, I guess those spaces are yet to be determined in terms of how they uh, how they work as a catchment group. And, you know, they'll develop the time, won't they? Yeah, but we're not here to tell people that that's what they need to be doing. Yeah, we're yeah. here to go where the energy is. And if people are if people are active and they're wanting to give a catchment group a go because they see the benefit in that, then that's what we're here to do. We're not mm. here to tell people what to do. What is the engagement like with farmers in Otago on catchment groups? I would say on the whole, the engagement is pretty good. Um, Mm. I guess in response to that also, though, the thing that we don't know is who isn't connecting with groups. Um, And that's probably more a question for those groups themselves. You know, and I think um, you've always got a few different sort of key people in those groups. You've always got the people who are keen to get involved in those really early stages and, and help form those up. Um, and then you've got people who perhaps will sit on the fence for a bit and see what's going on before they dip their toes in. Mm. And then there's always going to be, in any community, whether it's a catchment group or not, there's always going to be another group of people who either don't engage or get involved. And there's always going to be a number of reasons for that. But, you know, I guess the thing I think about is beyond catchment groups, beyond OCC offering support, that face-to-face and sort of peer-to-peer talk learning sharing is is key right and Mm. you know whether you're calling that a catchment group or not um you know whether it's happening on the back of the truck after a day or you know over the fence you'd see your neighbor um that connection and communication is key for people to you know i guess stay in touch and and i think as i mentioned earlier you know not feel like you're alone and i and i guess that's the it's a big thing at the moment for a lot of people is there's a lot of pressure out there for people in primary industry and it would be, it's fairly easy to shut the door and, and just put your head down, isn't it? Mm, mm. So if there's opportunity to connect up with people, then yeah, we're all about that. So yeah. I guess sort of in response to how do catchment groups work, you know, it's, it's, there's not one size fits all. It, it depends. Some groups just want to be there so that they ensure that there's a way to connect up with their neighbours and with those people up the road that they don't see often um, and ensuring that the door's open when 
when it needs to be. That's certainly something that I've noticed around the country is that catchment groups, you know, they're not just for farmers improving their on-farm activities and looking to improve water quality, but it brings broader communities together. And it sounds like that is the case in Otago as well. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're, yeah, OCC is set up, um, we are a farmer-led organisation um, and we have reps from um, regional council and MPI who sit on the committee, on our steering committee with us as well. Um, but the recognition there is that water quality is is not something that ends at the farm gate. It, it affects everyone. We're, we all have an impact and we all have a part to play in that Um so in that sense, you know, um, OCC, yeah, we we work with urban and rural. We we don't we don't distinguish between the two. It's a you know, a catchment is mm. a catchment. Um, mm. Water is water. Um, mm. We all need it. But yeah, you're right. Uh, in that in that broader sense of what does a catchment group do? Um, something that my colleague and I talk about often is um, you know if we're trying to figure out how a group's operating or what's going. What, what is going on for them, you know, you can't start talking about water quality and what you need to do about your water quality if your people aren't healthy. And when I say people being healthy, I mean, you know, they are supported, they um, have the capacity um, mentally and physically to think about stuff beyond just the the day-to-day. So mm. if if a catchment group needs to be there in order to serve that well-being aspect for a community, that's key. Like, that's real important. Absolutely. Can you tell me a bit more around the detail and structure of the OCC and in particular what outcomes you are looking to achieve? Yeah, sure. So well, so OCC, um, our structure, so yeah, part-funded, as I said, with MPI and mm. RRC um, holding hands with us, which is awesome. Mm. Um, we, uh, we have a steering committee. So, yep, we've got those two reps from each of those funded or funders. Um, and then essentially we've got, about, I think the seven, six or seven, we've just had a wee change of farmer reps from across Otago. And yep. then we've got some co-opted that sit there as well with, um, specialist sort of expertise. Um, so those guys um, sort of look after that monthly functionality of um, of OCC and help sort of create that um, uh, that direction for us. And then between my colleague and I, we're out there doing the work plan. So um, the outcomes that are looking to be achieved, we are here primarily and funded by Regional Council and MPI for water quality and for um landholder catchment groups so Mm. farmers and growers so yeah the work our work is specifically based around catchment groups coming together to understand what's going on in that space of water quality but as i said you know you can't get people looking at that if they aren't if they aren't in a good way themselves so yeah you know a lot of a lot of that work that we do focused on the water quality initiatives um it's a really it's a really big picture right it's everything from your science behind your water quality results to understanding sediment loads and looking at what could be done for sediment reduction um but then it's also looking at um you know things like catchment scale predator control as well that's that's a big thing as well because if you've got Mm. if you've got if you've got um 
you know, feral deer and pigs running around, well, they're, they're getting involved in, in your water quality results yep. as well, because, you know, just by the nature of them running around and eating the understory and, you know, wallowing and all of that, it, mm. it all has an impact. So water quality is not just about looking at the water, it's looking at that broader picture and, mm. um, and understanding what we can do to help people see what that broader picture looks like and then what those actions might be on the ground that actually have a good impact on what they're trying to achieve. Yeah, and a lot of these things, of course, take a long-term view. There's a lot of policy change in recent times around water, especially for farmers. How does your work help farmers navigate these changes? Mm, yeah, cool. Um, well, so OCC, our primary our primary piece of work is is connecting so it's engaging um so it, that's everything from getting those groups together and working together um then the next sort of um ripple out from that is having that peer-to-peer learning with groups so group to group sharing um mm. which is which is really cool so not reinventing the wheel um you know so telling telling the truth you know it's like here's the good stories but but here here are the um the least the least than desirable or less than good stories so you know perverse outcomes and mm. shit if i'd done that if i had a chance to do that again i wouldn't do it that way so you know mm. that's that's really good stuff um and then connecting groups through to experts and and those involved in that policy setting as well so getting those people who are drawing up those policies and trying, you know, and I, I think they're trying to make them work, right? They're trying mm. to make them work based on what's going on in that, um, that uh, central government space and as well as trying to make it work regionally too. Like I don't think people are setting policies and going, ah, pff, who cares what the, who cares what this looks like on the ground? That's not true. I think they're just doing it to the best of their ability. So on that, connecting those people up with the people who are on the ground is, is really important so that those discussions can be had and people can share their understanding of or interpretation of what those policies potentially mean. Um, so potentially influencing policy setting as well. And then seeking out opportunities to collaborate as well. So that's a really big thing for us to have that maximum impact with um, groups and with communities um we do as OCC uh you know we work we work um with fairly you know minimal input because there's just two of us we mm. look for opportunities with other groups so you know at the moment I'm halfway through a a drop-in tour of a couple of catchments and we've got Mr Whippy coming with us which is always a winner but yeah. um you know we've got Rural Support Trust, Osprey, the on-farm support MPI team, Dairy NZ and Regional Council have joined us with that so that mm. as people turn up and get their ice cream, there's a number of people there that they can talk to and connect with who are able to offer support and help in a variety of different ways. So it's kind of trying to offer that one-stop shop yeah. for those people. Um, but another way that we... Um, uh, are trying to have an impact is through that reporting back to our funders. You know, that's just another platform for people who are perhaps a bit higher up the chain to understand what's actually happening on the ground and seeing the impact that those catchment groups are having in their communities as well. Um, mm. Hey, um, in your experience, do you think farmers care about the environment in which they live and work? Well, speaking as a as a farmer's daughter and I, and I guess we're still farmers of a sort. Um, mm. yeah, 
I, you know, personally, yes, absolutely. Mm. But, you know, yeah, all people, farmers or not, are a part of and are reliant on the environment. So it'd be crazy to think that that farmers don't care about the environment. I guess um, on that, though, there's there's a difference between caring for it and acting to care for something, you know, and mm. you've got to you've got to understand that um, often what is perceived as care or, you know, what is care is it's driven by understanding. Um, there's economic drivers that, that influence that as well. And there's even generational thinking and tradition that um, influences the way that we do things. And so, you know, I guess um, key to that is keeping your keeping your eyes and your ears open and looking for opportunities to learn and, and you know, being challenged as well mm. we often do we do a great job as humans of surrounding ourselves by like-minded people and you know and while that's comforting and and nice you know it's 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 not stressful um sitting yourself in amongst a group of people who think differently is can be a really good thing it can really help you i guess understand another perspective and understanding that and understand another way of thinking about things um mm. but i would say there's a difference between looking out for what's immediately in your sight and lifting your gaze up a bit higher and seeing what else is happening. And so thinking about those catchment groups again, that, that downstream impact or effect, so to speak, is um, is a big thing. You know, so we can care and, and look out for our own for our own immediate environment. Um, and I guess if we're doing that, we're probably doing a good job of what's happening downstream as well for those other people and other other communities that live beyond our own our own sort of space thank you very very much for your time today you're welcome really good to talk angus while catchment groups take a long-term view in terms of measurable outcomes they are doing all the right things to improve water quality and you can tell all those involved no matter what angle they come from they are committed to better water quality outcomes One of the immediate measurables of catchment groups is the sense of community and connectivity that might not happen otherwise. And it's that common ground, led from the ground up, that can set any goal up for success. That's all from me this week. Thank you for listening, and catch you next time.